Thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you, uh, Church. Uh, it's a great opportunity to be here this morning. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming to Rwanda. It's unbelievable that your church and your missions teams have been to Rwanda two times this year. That is, that is really serious. And we are so excited about the partnership. So thank you. Today, I came with my wife, Florence. You want to stand up? She's over here. And uh, my sons, Jonathan and Sir Joseph and Sarah. You want to stand up? My daughter. And then uh, we have a lot of African New Life Ministry team from Austin. You want to stand up, Natalie, and uh, everybody over there, Morgan? Yeah. It's, you know, you know we love you. And we thank you for your involvement with African New Life Ministries. Over 300 children are being sponsored by a single church. For some organizations, that's the entire organization. And this church sponsors 300, over 300. And in the process, I'm really excited about the growth of our partnership into church planting. Like I preached here before at African New Life Ministries, we have this focus of preaching the gospel and acting compassionately at the same time. It's the whole idea of preaching and teaching the gospel with the two hands. It's the two hands of the gospel. And as a result, we are really working on planting 40 churches across the nation of Rwanda. The whole idea that people have to walk three four miles to come to church, for some people a whole hour to come to church, or two hours, especially in the rural areas, is not fair. So our prayer is that we'll move into different rural areas and establish meaningful churches with a pastor in each of those communities. And you guys are right there with us on the forefront to help us plant him. The first church, which is part of our growth, is church number six. But really, church number six is the beginning of our growth towards the whole total of churches we want to plant. What we really want to do is to plant a church and then right at the church have a child sponsorship program of five to seven hundred children in the same neighborhood. We've just We've just finished him as setting up a partnership with Baylor University. And Baylor University is coming into those neighborhoods where we are planting churches to help us start a public health ministry and build containers in a small clinic, a clinic in a small container like a tin container in every community. So basically what we are envisioning is 400 churches spread all over the nation of Rwanda and at each of these churches, you come to worship God, possibly churches of 200 to 300 people in those neighborhoods. Now, those are small churches. And then in that neighborhood also have a clinic in a container and have over 500 children uh, sponsored in that neighborhood. And as a result, African New Life Ministries is in the community transforming lives and communities and the entire nation of Rwanda by two hands of the gospel. Amen. 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 So thank you so, so much. We want you to be praying with us. 
I was so excited yesterday when I heard your pastor say, you know, I think we can plant a church every year. I think that's possible. Why not? We can plant a church from Austin Oaks every year and transform the nation for the sake of Jesus. Today, I want to bring a message I have called Moving into a New Season. Moving into a New Season. To me, this is one of my best services of the year. The Sunday before I cross into a new year is critical, is important. The next service that is really very important for me is the New Year's Eve service that crosses us into the new year. In fact, tomorrow I'll be flying to Rwanda and I'm going to be in Rwanda on the 31st and then that night go to church and move with the church into the new year. And today, I really want to bring this message, which I think is prophetic. I really, it's very, I think, good to, to be prepared for the future and what God is doing by His Spirit in our midst, moving into a new season, looking at the new year with a new perspective. I will start by prayer. God, I pray this morning that you will send your Holy Spirit in this place that, Father, you will open up our hearts, our minds, our lives into the new year and prepare our minds and our hearts. Reset us, O oh God, for what you are about to do this coming year. Speak to us clearly. And this morning, Heavenly Father, put off everything that's not of you. Put off guilt. Put off pain. Put off every disappointment we've had in this past year and reset us for the new year in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. So you imagine my first verse out there is Lamentations. Chapter 3, verse 22 to 24. Okay, the Bible says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are known to consumed. How many of you agree with me this, as you come to the end of this year? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. It's like you've gone through circumstances and situations where you nearly felt like you are being consumed. It's like a big lion was about to eat you up and tear you up and destroy your entire life, and the Lord did not allow it. The Lord stood there for you, and he fought for you. For his compassions never fail. Did you know that? The compassions of the Lord never fails us. And then the Bible says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'll say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. This is a very appropriate verse as we finish the year, as we reflect on what God has done in this past year. Whatever you've gone through, bad and good, everything, put it in the same bucket, whatever. The good news is that you are here this morning. The good news is that you are hearing my voice preach this morning in the church. You are here. You are not, a, you are not in a hospital. You are here. 
You are not in the grave. You are here. Okay? You are not somewhere out of God's protection. God says because of his great love for you, you are not consumed because of his compassion which never fails. You are here this morning and this is the good news. God says I am not done with you. I am not done with you. Why? He says they are new every morning. Every morning. Okay? On the first day, of the year 2020, God's mercies and compassion, they're going to be new every morning. They're going to be new for you. And he says, great is thy faithfulness. So we kind of really praise him for what he has done. And then you really need to speak to yourself and say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will, even in 2020, wait for him. In every situation, I'm going to wait for him. In every moment, I am going to wait for him. But more than that, I really want to predict a new season in our lives. I want to preach a new season in your life. It doesn't matter where you are right now. I want to say that the Lord is opening up a new season in your family, a new season in your personal life, a new season in your church, a new season, a new time, okay? And many times we don't even know how to respond to these new seasons. So for some people, these new seasons come and go without realizing that they are in a new season. And I want you to be more aware than ever before this year Every day for the new thing God is doing in your life. In the book of Isaiah chapter 43, God promises the children of Israel from verse 18 the new thing he was about to to do. The children of Israel had seen the miracles of the Lord all the way from Egypt across the Red Sea, across the, the, the desert place, across Jericho, across the entire nation they had to conquer, across different judges and kings, they had seen the great hand of God. But this is the good news. None of us can ever exhaust the masses of the Lord and the compassion of the Lord and what the Lord can do in our lives. That's why every year the Lord gives you to live. You want to come into that year with a new expectation. I'm expecting something new this year from the Lord. So he says in verse 18, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Okay? Today, forget. Begin to forget. Begin to erase. Some things are really taking months and weeks to erase. My prayer is that tonight you will begin erasing the past. And see, he says, I am doing a new thing. He says, now it springs up. What a time. Do you perceive it? That's what I was saying. That some people go through the year without perceiving what the Lord is doing. God says, I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasty land. 
So in that situation, there are choices you have to make right now, today, in this place, before you get out of these doors. Choice number one. I want you to get out of this place with this choice. The choice is that I choose to create new memories. This is a year of new memories. Now, for some of us who come from a nation called Rwanda, where we had a genocide that killed a million people in 90 days in 1994, those memories can actually haunt you and stop the progress of your life. Now, those are really mega memories. But even for us individually, in our Austin, in our families, in our communities, in our marriage relationships, in our church, we can easily have memories that blog us down, that stop us from making progress. And then spend the rest of your year nursing and taking care of old memories. But listen to what he says. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. You have a new opportunity to start over and create new memories for 2020. You have an opportunity as a church to start over. Thank God for the past. Thank God for all the great things God has done in this place. For whatever legacy of life you have existed as a church community, God has been so faithful. But in the middle of his faithfulness, he calls us to move on to a new thing. Not to be contented by where we are. To move on to a new thing. Thank God for 2019. Thank God for the lessons learned. But look into 2020 with the new possibilities. What is possible? What God can do? People often speak of putting the past behind with them in order to move from the negative to a positive future. I want to call you to move out of all the negative future. Obviously, celebrate the faithfulness of the Lord for the testimonies and the great things he has done in your life. But don't be stuck. He's doing a new thing. So God wants to create new memories for you in 2020. Allow God to redeem your memories of the past. Sometimes the pains you've gone through and the sufferings you've gone through and the attacks you've gone through. Actually, God is going to take those and use them to shape your future, to make it look better and, and create a positive future for you in spite of the past. The Bible talks about the new mercies of the Lord. God who never fails. His love that never fails us. God by his divine grace, he has provided Jesus. God provided Jesus in the past. God has provided Jesus for you in 2019. I promise you God continues to provide his son Jesus Christ even into the future. Jesus is our hope for the future. And this is the good news. Jesus did not die this past year. Jesus is still alive. Our God is not dead. Our God is alive. And this God of ours, he never dies. 
He's an eternal God. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. So God calls us to come before him and embrace his compassion and embrace his love and move into 2020 with confidence that God is with us. Amen. Number two, I choose to see life with a new vision, with new eyes. Choose to see life with new eyes, with a new vision. Look at what it says. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. See, I am doing a new thing. It's like he's calling us and he says, you guys see. Yesterday, I started doing a new thing in your life. Do you see it? Even out of your trauma, do you see that I'm doing out a new thing? Even in spite of your sicknesses, do you actually see that I'm doing a new thing? Even in spite of all the troubles you've had in your marriage in this past year, do you actually see that I am doing a new thing? In spite of all the disagreements we've had, even in the church communities where we attend, where we go, do we realize that God is doing a new thing? I am doing. Are we seeing good coming out of the bad? And he says it springs up. It's beginning to grow. And then he asks another question. Do you perceive it? Let me tell you, perception is everything. Perception is everything. Many times we fight over what he we see. Someone sees this this way, you see it this way, and just perceptions can mess us up because you are seeing things differently. But we want to come and not see from the past, but see into the future what God is doing in our lives. In Rwanda, for some of you who have been to the Dream Center, our location, our campus, where we run our, the church, the Bible college, the hospital, the child sponsorship program, uh, all these programs, our headquarters. We call that place the Dream Center. In fact, our ministry is not called the Dream Center. That word, the Dream Center, we coined it for fundraising purposes. And we are raising funds for this one location where we can all gather to dream and dream of what God is going to do in our nation. But partly also, uh, very near our church, about to possibly a mile and a half from our church, there is a genocide memorial center. It's a place where people go to remember what happened in 1994, because that entire neighborhood had so many killings. I tell you, so many killings, to the extent that the day we dug a foundation to build our church, we dug a body outside, inside a foundation which they had never seen. And to me, the vision is, was, and it still is, that here is a memorial, here is a place where people reflect on the past, but I also want to build new dreams in this location. I want younger people to have new dreams for the country. 
Dreams for good, dreams for peace, dreams for love, dreams for harmony, dreams where who two younger people and two younger people can actually draw together in peace. And today when you come to our campus at the Dream Center, you're going to find all ethnicities gathering at this location together, younger people living in peace, praising Jesus and looking in the future of what God wants to do. That is what I am talking about. I choose to see life with a new vision, with a new eyes. It does not mean that I don't remember. We have a lot of remembrance days, but we are not going to stay in the past. We have to forge into the future because God says, I have a good plan for you. And that plan is in the hands of God. And God says, see it. Because most of the times, you are most likely to walk into what you see. You won't get into what you don't see. I want you to imagine driving a car without lights. And having all the streets of Austin with no lights, full of all the cars that are in Austin. It seems you have more cars than people in this city, okay? <laughs> and, and everyone driving in darkness. What a chaos. And most of the times our lives are in chaos. Because we are not seeing the way God is seeing things. God looks into the future. When I was preparing this message, something came to my mind. And I was asking myself, why did God give us two eyes instead of four eyes? God had capacity to give us four eyes. There are some creatures in heaven... Sometimes when I read about those creatures in heaven and the wings and the multiple eyes they have, man, they are gigantic, amazing creatures. God would actually have given you two eyes so you can see in the back and in the future. But God says, no, I'm giving you two eyes because I want you to be done with your past. I want you to be done with your guilty. I want you to be done with your sin for last year. I want you to be done with your hopelessness for last year. I want you to be done with your pain for last year. And he says, see, I am doing a new thing in your life. You know, I love my church at New Life. But you know, I love that every year the church takes a different shape. Every year it's a different shape. We've moved on so much. Every year, God moves in a new way. In fact, this morning, I was praying to God, and I said, God, I'm going to be preaching on, uh, I'm going to be preaching to college students this entire week in a camp. But also, God, I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. God, I'm going to be preaching on the New Year's Eve. God, I am praying that you do something new you have never done before. And as I pray, I see God do new Things can you see life while others are seeing death? Can you see a better place while other people are leaving the place? You see a better place while other people are leaving the place? Do you see possibilities while other people are seeing problems? The first step 
to embrace this new thing that God wants to do in your life is to change your focus and focus on God. God says, see, I am doing a new thing. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. It does not come out quickly. It's springing up. It's growing. Do you perceive it in your life? Do you perceive a new chapter in your life? Do you see a new church growing in this place of new people, full of younger people every, everywhere, doors bursting with new faces of people who love Jesus and want to serve him and want to change this city to the glory of God. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. If you are continually looking behind, you can't see where you are going. That's why I love Paul. Paul, in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 12 to 15, listen to what he says. Paul says, None that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal. I haven't. Now, how can Paul say he hasn't arrived? He was a man of many accomplishments and obviously many sufferings. But he says, I press on where? Forward. I press on to do what? To take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. There's something before me that Christ has already taken care of on my behalf. Let me tell you, 2020 is not about you. It's about Jesus in you. It's about Jesus in you. That's why 2020 must be a year where you have more of Jesus in you than ever before. Just like John the Baptist prayed and said, let me decrease and let him increase. Let this be a year of your decrease and Christ increasing in you. Because as Christ increases in you, you're going to find the peace you're looking for. As Christ increases in you, you're going to find the hope you're looking for. As Christ increases in you, you're going to find the healing you're looking for. As Christ increases in you, you find out that you're so rich in Christ and you have no poverty around you because you're so rich in Jesus. Your heart has been so enriched by Jesus that actually you're overcoming your spiritual poverty. So he says, I look forward, I press on. There is a marker for the prize of the high calling of God in who? In Jesus Christ. That's why I said it's all about Jesus. We need to see Jesus. Let this be a year when your veil is broken and you choose to see Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, but be thus minded. And if in anything be ye otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Number three, I choose to follow the way of the Lord. And listen to what Isaiah says. Isaiah says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasty land. I choose the way of the Lord. Now, sometimes the way of the Lord can be rough. Did you know that? Sometimes the way of the Lord can be rough. Some people think that if you follow the Lord and serve him, then everything is going to be smooth. Not always. 
But this is the most beautiful thing. I choose the wilderness and the wasteland because God chooses to be with me there. That's the most important thing, the presence of God, the continual presence of God, the continual voice of God, where God says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In other ways, I choose to live a life of miracles. And every time you choose a life of miracles, expecting God to do miracles in your life, you choose a better way. Because then you get a greater revelation of God, of who God is. Most of the times we don't get a better revelation of God in our lives by being in comfortable places. But in those uncomfortable places where God performs miracles. God is a way maker. He made a way where there is no way. I love that song. He created a way right in the middle of the Red Sea. Can you imagine in the middle of the Red Sea? He created a way and the children of Israel could see the way. They had a different perspective and their perspective allowed them to see the miracle, the way of the Lord. Meanwhile, the Egyptians had a different perspective and their entire army drowned in the Red Sea. They chose to see the way of the Lord, that God is right there with them. He will make a way for you. Tell yourself, God will make a way for me. I don't know how this is going to happen but I choose the way of the Lord and I believe the Lord will make a way for me. I can give you testimonies and testimonies of this way maker when we follow him. The first time I arrived in America, I arrived in San Antonio, Texas, going to Portland, Oregon to find a school. And I arrived in San Antonio, Texas with $10 in my pocket on my way to go to Portland to find a seminary. And when I arrived in San Antonio, this way maker had already prepared a way for me. A pastor, an African-American pastor, picked me from the airport. He took me to preach in his church. And at the end of the preaching, he gave me an honorarium of 300-something dollars. And in one week, I had 300 plus in my pocket after arriving with $10. The next thing he did for me after hearing my story, he bought a ticket for me to fly out and go to Portland, Oregon to check on Mount Noma University, a place where I wanted to go to seminary. That place was $20,000 a year, and I was making $25 a week. And remember telling Mount Noma, I can't afford the money, I'm going back home. And I went back home. In a period of four months, I prayed nearly every day to this way maker. That God will make a way for me to come to America and go to school. 
And in four months, I got an email in year 2000. We had a communal email, not even individual emails, but those communal email for one office. Some of you don't even know about that. That an entire office would have one single email. And the email said, Charles, we've raised enough money for you to come to school at Mount Noma. I wrote back and I said, I have a wife and a kid. I don't have the airfares. And they wrote back and I said, Charles, we have also your airfares to come to school in America. He is a way maker. He opens up doors. Because God has a purpose for those new doors in our lives. Don't waste those new doors in your life. Little did I know that that new door today, which God opened in year 2000, arriving in San Antonio with $10 on my way to Portland, today, that new door has resulted into over 10,000 children sponsored by African New Life Ministries. Has resulted in into nearly 500 people having jobs, has resulted into a hospital of 60 beds, has resulted into a university, has resulted into so many lives and relationships today. Guys, God is about to open a new door for you in 2020, and you just don't know where this door is going to take you. So I want to advise you to do the following things. When God opens up this door, number one, as I finish, walk in simple obedience. Choose to obey God. Simply obey him. Number two, keep on loving Jesus. Don't let the passion go away. Keep on loving Jesus, praising the Lord every day for what he has done. Number three, feed on the word. And number four, the last one, make a mental commitment to do the right thing. Thing. Number one, walk in simple obedience. Number two, keep on loving Jesus. Don't be distracted. Number three, feed on the word. And number four, make a mental commitment to do the right thing. And then say, God, give me your mercy and grace in this year to keep doing the right thing. Let's stand up in prayer. God, help me to keep doing the right thing. You know, in Rwanda, we raise up our hands sometimes when we pray. And the reason we raise up our hands, we are surrendering to God. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to raise up your hands to God in prayer. And just raise up your hands to God in prayer. And I want you to think through all these choices you have to make. And go before God. Say, God, I choose to simply obey you. I choose to see what you are seeing in my life. I choose to start new memories for this year. Lord, I look to you. Father, I stand before you. In the name of Jesus Christ. On the behalf of this entire congregation of men and women that are standing before you today. With their hands stretched to heaven. I ask you God that this will be a year when they shall embrace Jesus more than ever before. 
that this will be a year when where men and women shall open up their hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives and draw them into greater obedience and focusing on you. Father, this will be a year of miracles whereby God you turn their bad stories into good stories and they shall look at what has been happening in 2019 and turn around to say thank you Jesus for what you've done in my life. Once again God I thank you for the partnership between this church and African New Life and Father as we enter 2020 may you lead us to do great things for you, for your sake, and bring many men and women into thy kingdom. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. And happy new year. God bless you. God bless you.